Hey, this is Rainier. This is Eric Rainier's dad. And welcome back to the Business on Purpose podcast, where we, father and son, talk about business, business education, and the desire to do good. And I think today we're going to get into the subject a little bit. We've been talking about this for, for a little while yes, between the two of us. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about today uh, the advice that I think specifically I would have given myself as either a high school junior or high school senior mm-hmm. as they're looking at kind of what they want to do past past their graduation of high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm currently finishing up my time here at Penn State as a senior, um, thinking about what I'm going to do with my life, <laughs> and I've been through four years of college. And I think it's about time we reflect on sort of the purpose of college and the role it plays in young people's mm. lives. And really why, I think getting at the, you know, like you said, the perennial question of why do people go to college? Absolutely. What timely, is the, what timely. Is the, what is the point of going to college? Lots of juniors and seniors thinking about this very question right now. We are sitting here at the, towards the end of March, right? Mid-March? Yeah, mid-March, mid-March. Yeah, important time for, the uh, end of March. for seniors and, and juniors. Very interesting. I look forward to the conversation. And like usual, we're playing a hand of cribbage to get us started. Oh, always, always. I've the got cribbage. a very good always hand. Very good hand. I don't want that good of a hand. This is not good for me. Um, All right. So, so college. One. When I want to start this off by saying, one. One of the things that I think is, first of all, interesting about this dynamic is you're a professor. I'm a student. Um, there's a there's a very you know there's a very interesting relationship between professors. Faculty at college, very interesting, and students at colleges. I would actually say that not to jump in front of you, but I think I like to where you're going because I think for a lot of high school juniors and seniors, and maybe even their parents, mm. they might not have a, they might not understand what really goes on in college. Like what? Oh what, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what happens the, in college? What actually happens in college? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Uh, what happens? I think in there's the sense that they're going to send their young person and go. Her, hear from very 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 smart people mm. and uh, this is going to help very them in smart, some yeah. way uh, which maybe happens but it might be interesting to talk about uh, what actually happens what is this relationship between professor and students so what were you thinking about the real said? relationship well well i i was thinking about frankly i was thinking about in the transition from high school to college the the role that teachers play in the classroom mm. is very very different to me mm. in high school yeah than it is in college mm. And the scale of which, I think what, I think sometimes what people don't understand is the importance of really digging through college, college classes, colleges and college classes to get the professors you want to get. Oh, that's, that's big right there. Because in high school, you get whatever teachers yeah, you want, yeah. but there, there's a lot of value in picking and choosing which professors mm. you get for your classes in college, because you have world-class knowledge at really at your fingertips for you know a standard four-year degree you're looking at uh whether you do uh, semesters trimesters you know you're, you're looking at almost eight to twelve opportunities to schedule a class mm-hmm. with someone that you really want to learn from so how do they do that though it can be i mean if you're coming in new to any of the there are what something like four thousand or something like yeah. that colleges and universities I think it's really difficult for a student coming in. How do they find out who are the great professors, who are the really good teachers and educators? Well, that's hard. To, to me, yeah. nobody nobody really tells you that it's really important who you're taking classes with. Mm-hmm. And I think early, I think early on, it, it's it's more difficult for for freshmen and mm-hmm. sophomores to really to really dig into, um, like what professors they want to take classes from. And frankly, it really only gets important you know, for a student like me at Penn State. 
once you're once you get into your junior and senior years, your class sizes start to shrink. You're taking more major specific courses. That's when you really get these small, like intimate situations mm. where you can start to get a sense for who your professors are and who the really good ones are. Mm. Um, <clears throat> That's true because early on you have to take what you have to take. In some, yeah, ways, yeah. in some ways early on is similar to high school in that you're kind of forced to take a certain professor because it's an entrance to major class yeah, exactly. or something. And there are standard ways to fit. You know, you can ask a friend if, who's taking the professor if you have older friends in that college. Yeah. And you, can, you can take the very common route of going on Rate My Professor. Uh, RateMyProfessor.com. Yeah. I know you have a Rate My Professor page yeah. where people talk about you and, and your classes. That's a great yeah. uh, That's a great way to get some mixed signals about professors, I'll tell you that for one. Oh, really? Do you find it reliable or well, I mean, all you know, over the place? <laughs> you, you look at, you, you, to me, you look at Rate My Professor reviews the same way you look at a product review on Amazon. Oh, yeah. You want to get a good impression of it, but I wouldn't base your entire opinion of somebody on one of their reviews because you might have just had a student that either really like that professor and they're like this is a five-star class and you don't know anything about like are they a hard <laughs> like was this student like a mm. teacher's kisser like a ass oh, kisser yeah, yeah, yeah you just yeah. like love the professor like yeah. all about it or if somebody like rips apart a professor and they're like they're a terrible teacher and, mm. and they do stuff um that's bad you know they might just they might just give the teacher a bad rating because they didn't like them yeah or they didn't right. like the they didn't like the experience they had in that class yeah and we know, and we know that these kinds of instruments can be biased, also, right? They're oftentimes oh, yeah. biased often against, biased. often biased against women, you know, biased against people of color because mm -hmm. there's all this uh, bias that people have, and they're also biased to your point about, you know, oftentimes I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine that if you've really got an axe to grind, you know, you're pissed yeah. off about a professor, you might be more likely to fill out a. Uh, fill out something on rate your professor. So maybe the advice is to use several sources, right? Rate my professor might be one thing. Talking to friends and mm -hmm. upperclassmen. Yeah, and if you're curious, even just, just a, a lot yeah. of a lot of once you get into college, a lot of your professors are sometimes recognized individuals. And what I mean by that is if you Google their name, like I Google some of my professors, and, mm -hmm. you, and you'll get information on them sometimes. You might have articles written about them. Yeah, they might have true. research papers or, yeah, or other. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, news articles and stuff like that. But you can learn about them in, in, in secondhand ways a, uh, a lot. Um, the the one thing I will say is that Ray Professor is a is a good tool for learning about a class or the mm. way the class is taught, because sometimes people will give you information about the structure of the course mm. in Ray Professor. You know, reviews like "Oh, this was bad" or "This was good." That's very subjective. Uh, it doesn't really yeah, mean anything. Yeah, yeah. But if they say, "Oh, it was mainly uh. asynchronous lectures," you can watch them at your own pace, and then like very simple assignments. Yeah. Like to me that's helpful information because maybe I got a good professor or they've got a decent rating and now I know what his class structure is like. It's mm. like, well, maybe I want to take that class. Yeah. yeah. So, so I love this advice of, uh, I've heard this many times from students. I don't recall it so much in my own college, but if I think about it, I do. But I think this advice that uh, you should put in some ways more weight on who you take, not what you take. Yeah. Right? Who you take, not necessarily what you take, is significant. And I think in some ways that goes along with the usual advice, right, of like get involved early because the more you get involved, like so when, you know, Rainier's freshman year, I remember he got involved in crew and he was uh, the glee club. That gets you interacting with upper class people. Otherwise, it's hard to find upperclassmen to talk to unless you're involved yeah, in is, something where you've got a mix of people. And then you can ask them who the best professors are, who they would recommend you can use rate my professor. You can Google people. That's mm -hmm. that's good advice. But and we can and we can stay on professors for a little bit longer because I think there's yeah there there's almost more you can talk about 
in the relationship from high school teachers to college professors again. Because because teachers, teachers to me, they're, they're kind of like, I don't know, I mean, I, I remember I was kind of, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, kind of like buddies with a lot of my high school teachers. It was very like casual interaction. You know, you kind of knew you were there for a short time. You're just kind of hanging out, sometimes learning stuff, sometimes yeah. goofing off. Yeah. Um, getting in trouble for reading too much in class. Yeah, again, you know, getting in trouble for reading too much in class. And then. <laughs> that was your thing. And then, you know, <laughs> immediately following getting in trouble for talking too much in class, you know. Right. So I said to put the book down. Um, but, like, what, what's funny to me is college, college professors can. Especially if you put time into the relationship, they can have a very strong impact on your journey through and post college. Huge. Even even more than I mean, you, when you when you start college, you get connected with an academic advisor and, and you might meet some student peers, but there's a lot of value you can get from just talking to other professors who have been here for a while. Huge. Um, yeah. And either know people like you or, or you know 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 the major or know the work you're interested in. And, you know, whether you, whether you come into college knowing what you want to do or still trying to figure it out, professors are that great, are really a great resource for the, 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 invari- the, the, the undefinable uh, topic mm. that, that, that colleges and people will always tell you to, to work on and get better at, which is networking. Mm. Yeah. And especially, I gotta say, especially with people interested in business, you will have this told to you over and over again. That's like you have to be good at networking. You mm. gotta build a network, and you gotta know people. And mm. it's and it, it's it's so easy for for people. It's so true, though, right? It, it is. It is so. It, it's true, but nobody yeah. understands what it means when you've never had an experience with it before. Oh, and the people looking true. back have always have just have spent way too much time doing it to understand how to communicate it in a way somebody's going to understand. That's a great so, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so, so somebody who's done it for ages is going to give you advice, and they're like, oh, well, you know, you got to find people that are really smart and really high up, and then you have, you have to have, like, a pitch, and you got to know what you're going to say and how you're mm. going to carry the conversation. And that's so much pressure to put on somebody who hasn't spent a whole lot of time networking or doesn't even know what the hell they're doing. Mm. Um, but really, what I think, I think a good way to start in networking, for me, and this is very standard, so for, for, for all you youngins out there who are trying to, uh, either enter the business field or just want to be a good networker. Yeah. It's a great way. It's a great way to get to know people, and and a lot of times it can really impact your like your life trajectory, especially in your work. Uh, but a great way to start is just to just to start by making friends. That sounds very very basic, um, but like like the the best people you can start to really network mm. with is just the people that are immediately around you. Mm. I would say with with networking, there's no point in setting your your sights super high and trying to go for. I don't know. People talk about networking as if you're supposed to do that just exclusively with business executives or, right. or professionals in industry or super high up people at your academic institution. But I mean, networking is as simple as basically sharing knowledge and experiences through other people. And you can get a lot of that just by meeting other people that are in your major, that are in your classes. Mm. I mean, that is networking. You, don't, you just don't even realize that you're doing it yet. Yeah, you're already when doing you, it. Yeah. When you establish a connection, when you when you make a new friend, find someone new you can talk to, whether it's just somebody sitting beside you in class or mm. someone you meet in the hallways. Um, in, in a way, that is networking. And you learn a lot. You learn a lot from those people, even just the small... Do you have an example to share that's like a, somebody that you have met like through a class, so you're a supply chain major. Is there an, is there an example of a friend, you know, maybe not mention names, um, yeah, yeah. but I think, I think it's helpful to have a specific example of, of, uh, of something that's emerged from a, 
you know, kind of a new friendship. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can think of one right away. And I, I won't say his name, but anybody that knows me or, or, or you know, knows what I've done would probably would probably be able to figure out who this was. Um, but like you said, so I started out in, in college at Penn State trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I tried to get as engaged as I could right off the bat. So I joined the crew team, went to the men's choir, just, you know, some different things to get a bit of a taste for college. And one of the people I met right off the bat was somebody who actually lived in my dorm, uh, lived right across the hall from me in my dorm, uh, who was also on the crew team. <clears throat> and he was also in business. He was, it was kind of a funny guy. You know, we would joke around a lot. We kind of made, we, we kind of, we kind of became friends very quickly. Hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of shared this experience of going through crew and building, you know, kind of building a friendship, you know, building up ourselves through crew. Um, you know, hanging out and getting breakfast together, doing stuff like that, talking about business things. And we'd have, we'd have classes together sometimes too. Um, I know, I remember my first marketing class ever, he was in it and we would sit in the front row and, <laughs> and we, we met some other great people that way. Um, but the, I mean, you know, to flip that around, the impact that had was that eventually one of the first big experiences I had working at Saxby's, hmm. he, he was the one that actually made me aware of that opportunity to begin with. Wow. Huge. So he, he told me because he was applying for it. And then I, I mean, he, he told, he shared with me and I applied too. And that was, that was kind of how I got it. Wow. And that was cool because I mean, that was a super impactful one, but also he, you know, yeah. it's, it's these little random things because I had no idea that he was even going to reach out to me yeah. about that and just be like, Hey, I think this is something you'd be interested in. Like, I know you love coffee and, and this would be a cool experience. And your experience as a CEO, uh, which is a cafe executive officer for those that don't know for, yep. for Saxby's, which basically meant, you know, Rainier was running this small Saxby's location, actually one of their largest, I should say, Saxby's locations, um, in the business building for, uh, for over a semester for six months life-changing right I mean in terms of and not just not just in terms of what you learned but also in terms of the connections that it provided and all the other opportunities that it yeah opened up uh, opened up for you um wait I want to I want to go back to something that uh, as we were talking earlier about the um so this is connected to networking right and um one of the things that inc that I find incredible that I want to ask you as a question as a, as a student is um I'm I'm amazed by how few students ever come to talk to me in office hours. Really? So I, I have, I, I don't teach as many uh, students as many other people, but let's just say over a year I have, just to make the math easy, I have 100 students, let's mm -hmm. say, right? I, out of 100 students, I probably have five. Yeah. 5%. 3 to 5% that actually, and I, to my students, I tell them my email address, I give out my phone number, mm -hmm. I have office hours, and I even have a way on my Canvas page where they can click and they can make e email. They they can they can set up a, a meeting with me so easily. And I'm amazed how few students take advantage of that. Why do more students not get yeah. to know their professors? Well, that look that goes right back to what we were talking about earlier. I think people people coming out of high school still see their professors just as teachers. They don't see them as mm. someone like you who is a te who is a professor. But you're also a business professional, right? Mm -hmm. And if somebody tells you to network with a business professional, they're thinking about people in industry or entrepreneurs or CEOs or whatever. Outside of the institution. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't realize that there are people working and, and literally seeing you every other day in class right in front of you. Oh, interesting. That have very similar experiences. They don't make that association. It's not, it's not like taught to you. It's, not, it's oh. not that people say, you know, you need to build a network, go network. And then they say, oh, and start with, you know, you should start with people like this and this and this. I mean, nobody says, oh, go start here. They just say, oh, yeah, go do it. Just go network with people. 
That's not what I expected you would say. So I, I thought you would say something about the lack of, I don't know, motivation or something. Um, but that's very interesting. So you're saying that, that students, when they think about networking, their, their mind goes outside of the institution to sort of like the quote unquote business world, since we're talking about business here. And mm -hmm. that doesn't include faculty. Faculty are like this whole other part of their brain that's like, yeah. this is somebody that like teaches me stuff. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's part of the way that universities huh. kind of market themselves, which is as you know instruction and research institutions. Yeah. So you yeah. think of faculty a lot as it's either teaching faculty or research faculty. Right. Um, and that's hmm. the primary purpose. But in a lot of you know, and especially in a lot of business classes, you have people that either spend time in industry, and I trust me, the ones that spend time in industry, you will hear about them spending time in industry, so you'll know. Um, but, you know, so, sometimes people that don't or, or haven't spent, like, a ton of time and that's not their huge selling point, they won't talk about it as much. Not to their, not to their penalty, but almost, hmm. almost to the point where that's, that's not where people immediately go to think about. And I would also mm -hmm. maybe follow it up and just say that, you know, maybe the people that do go and talk to their professors, those are, you know, those are more likely to be just the more outgoing more naturally connecting type of students or maybe they're really really interested or they're the ones that leave the really good rate my professor reviews that like really resonated with you <laughs> and they leave yeah. you good you know end of the semester reviews and they usually i mean in my experience it's usually the you know it, the, whatever you want, want to call it but the higher performing students mm -hmm. but but here's here's part of what i think is so important about that for students uh is that most fat, you know, so this is sort of gets to what we were saying earlier about most students and parents not really understanding kind of how, uh, how you know, sort of college works. And, and, and part of what I'll share is like how faculty think about putting classes together and therefore why it's so important for students to spend individual time with faculty. Because when, 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 when we as faculty put classes together, if you sort of put yourself in the faculty person's uh, shoes for a moment, they have to, she or he, so in this case myself, you have to gather all, like you're, you're looking at so much information, right? Mm -hmm. Books, websites, your own experience, and then you're having to make all kinds of assumptions about the students that you're going to have, their level of knowledge coming in, your learning objectives that you hope for them when they leave. And so you're having to sort of inevitably leave out a lot of information because you only have 15 weeks, right? Yeah. So you essentially have to make an educated guess about, you know, okay, I guess I'm going to teach this stuff and I'm not going to teach this other stuff, right? Yeah. And so you have everybody in your class, so you have, you know, 30 students or 300 students or whatever, and they all get the same information. But the reality is that each of those students is different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've each got a different set of interests, they've got a different background, they've got different interests, passions, areas of giftedness. And unless they, when they approach the, uh, the, the faculty member, they can get a more individualized, you know, like mm. customized experience yeah. versus if they don't, they just get the big chunk, you know, that that faculty member has to just drop on everybody because she or he is making the decision that this is like what I've sort of got to teach. So they just teach a standardized set of, of stuff. Um, and I think it's so important that students need to understand that they're in control of their education. Yeah. They don't have to just be passively receiving this huge thing that by reaching out and saying, oh, I'm going to spend time with a faculty member, that faculty member can be a guide to you. You know, they can mm -hmm. sort of help customize the information that she or he knows. Um, and, but they can't do it unless you, you know, 
knock on the door, email them, get together with them and say, hey, I wanted to introduce myself. I'm really interested in X, yeah. Y, and Z. And then, trust me, faculty love that because we always know a lot more than we're able to ever have time to talk about in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's all to connect with the point that you were saying about the importance of networking and including faculty in your networking that can not only connect you with the industry connections that that faculty person has, but it can also offer you a more customized educational experience. Yeah. And again, to go back to what I said before, in my experience, I'm saying three to 5% of my students currently ever take advantage of that opportunity. Mm. And, and to your point, uh, that's very helpful. I, I, I maybe have to, to explain when I offer my services, and I think I do, but after the, your, your comments making me think twice about how I can better communicate the value of reaching out to a faculty member like myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to come, you know, to bring that all the way back around, that comes back to this sort of question of why are people going to college? And I think you're, you're, you're hurting somebody's chances of really succeeding in what they, and helping them find out what they want to do. If you're just telling them that you're going here to take classes mm. and learn and kind of grow on your own in like a passive way, in a passive way, yeah. you need to tell people that they that they that they you know if they if they want to and and I'm not saying that you should that you should in every single one of your classes go and connect with your professor and say wow I'm really interested in this thing like tell me more about that Cause because you might not be in that class. Well, the, right? well, the reality <laughs> is that the majority of your classes, especially if you're taking Gen Ed classes, like mm-hmm. I'm taking. Like I had to take a yoga class. I'm not going on my on my own free time to go talk to my <laughs> yoga professor about stuff that she's doing. That's just that's just the reality of, of me taking a yoga class. However, I've got you, a great interest in the tree pose. I exactly, more exactly. Pose. I have warrior two, man. I gotta I gotta know more about that. What's going on there? Um, <laughs> but 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 like with some of my business classes, you know, like like yeah. like when you get into upper level, like for me, I'm I'm really into you know, sustainable supply chains and learning more about supply chain information systems. And when you get me in a 400 level supply chain, you know, programming class, I don't want to say programming, but you know, like using, using coding language and using Excel, um, I get really interested. And so, you know, that, that's where you'll, you might, you might catch me talking to that professor two or three times a semester, mm-hmm. just kind of seeing like what they think about this. And it's not perfectly aligned with what I want to do, but I, I know there's a lot of value that that person has because he's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, realize that, that there, there is this ability for you as a young you know person coming into college to make your education what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do more with these classes, you don't have to sit there passively if it's something you're really interested in and, and you can, and you can do more. And I want to say that, that you, you, you should feel comfortable doing more than just being really actively participating mm-hmm. in that class. Mm-hmm. You can, you can exercise your own control over the subject matter that you then have to intake by connect by like, like my dad was saying, by connecting with that professor, mm-hmm. getting more about it. And for all my people out there trying to get into networking and trying to get more mm-hmm. comfortable and reaching out to talk to people, mm-hmm. doing stuff around your do, do connect networking around people that you're generally interested in learning more about what they do. Mm-hmm. That is the key because it, it, if you get somebody trying to talk to you about what you do and they're not really interested, it, it just always it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know. I mean, you know, I, I'm, it always hurts. <laughs> it always hurts if somebody's like, "I want to talk to you," and it's and it's just about your position or. It's just about mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah. role of power you have. Yeah. If you're connected yeah. to someone yeah. that's genuinely yeah. Yeah. interested yeah. in what you love and what you like to do, 
then you're both going to get so much out of that interaction. Yeah, absolutely. From them asking questions and you providing answers. I'm just going to share one more thing here. I know we're going to wrap up. Um, this, this conversation is reminding me of this really gem little bit of advice that I got from. So I, I recently finished a book by Jeff Salingo, who some of you may know. He writes a lot in for the Chronicle of Higher Education and then other publications about higher ed. But he, um, his most recent book that I read is called Who Gets In and Why. But, but you know, as he has looked at the data and talked to students and parents and graduates and, and tried to wrestle with this question of, does it matter where you go to college? Right? Mm -hmm. Does it matter where you go? And, and, and here's, here's how he summarizes what he learned. He says, it matters less where you go than how you go. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It matters less where you <laughs> go than how you go. And the how is exactly part of it is what is a huge part of it is what Rainier was just talking about. And what we're talking about is this sort of wherever you go to college, the how is more important, and part of the how is taking that sort of active role in determining your own uh, kind of educational experience. It's looking for opportunities to do undergraduate research and experiential learning and the internships and meeting with faculty, all these kinds of things, and maybe we'll pick up on some of these things in the next episode. But I just want to kind of leave that out there because I think it's a great piece of advice. It matters less where you go than how you go. And I hope that that can give some peace because my understanding is the most, the average student in high school right now applies to something like eight to 12 colleges or something like that. And it's very yeah. stressful. Uh, and um, it, I think hopefully that can reduce some stress because it actually so, sort of doesn't matter where you go. It mm. matters a lot more how you go. And so I would prioritize places that, that can give you the attention that you need that aren't going to put you in a lot of debt because at the end of the day, the brand name thing that you might want to get into, it might put you in too much debt and it, it, it's not going to matter at the end of the day anyway. It matters yeah. really how you're going to apply yourself and take really great advantage of that, of that experience no matter what institution you're at. There's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of really great uh, colleges and universities out there. Yeah. And heaven forbid you spend all that time and, and collect all that student loan debt uh, for a nice brand name college. And then realize you don't even want to be there by year three or four. Yeah, that's exactly. the other risk. And you're saddled with all that debt. Absolutely. Could have yeah. gotten the same education somewhere else if you just exercised that time with the faculty, networked a little bit, controlled the curriculum. Yeah. Should be good. Absolutely. Well, thanks for talking today, big guy. Hey, thanks for you, man. That was great. Really interesting so, conversation. Awesome. This was the Business on Purpose podcast with the son, Rainier. This is Eric the Dad. All right, guys. Signing off this week. Have a good week. Have a good week.